1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state, coverage options are selected by the customer, availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Need to hire? You need indeed.
2: Hello and welcome to The Island. I'm Nora Pucciati and this week we've got our first two-time guest. None other than Stephen Ruiz. Stephen, how does, how does it feel to have that honor?
0: It's, uh, it's humbling. It's humbling. Yeah. I, I, guess, I, I guess I owe it all to Trevor Lawrence. He made me look good on the first episode. And now I'm coming back because of that. If like like if Trevor Lawrence just fell on his face, would you have had me back? I would. I, I would never be on the show again.
2: We would have you back because we love you. But it is true that look, you made an investment in a property in some island real estate. It paid off. Now you're assembling an empire. You're controlling the seas. Your your land mass is expanding, Stephen. I don't know who your your challengers will be. Maybe Danny Kelly. I can see that. I can see Danny Kelly. Rackin up I'll go some to, islands.
0: I'll go to war with Danny Kelly. I'll take over his islands.
2: All right. Well, I I hear you've got an idea for a team that might need a bit of a a scheme change. So, will you tell us about Island Number Two, the inaugural second island by Stephen Ruiz?
0: Island Number Two, and I've 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 struggled with how dramatic to go with this. Like a part Come of me on. wanted to say that the Giants should run the triple option. Just go full service academy <laughs> for the rest of the year. But I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far. I'm going to say the Giants should build an option run game and, and be the NFL's version of a triple offense uh, option offense. I want the Giants just to go wholesale QB run game, turn Daniel Jones into Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, one of those guys, and just base everything around the quarterback run.
2: Okay, so hold on. Let's let's name our, our island. Okay. The Giants should run the option island, full stop.
0: I, yeah, should I? I I'm going to do the whole line. I'm Steven Ruiz, and I'm on the Giants should run Daniel Jones into the ground island.
1: Think of the island like a record, spinning on a turntable. Only now, that record is skipping. <laughs>
2: oh, God. This is very exciting. Danny Kelly might be edging into the lead for a for number of violent appearances. Oh, no. Because um, <laughs> we can't just be piling on, on Daniel Jones here. So no. let, let's talk about the origin story, right? Like Daniel Jones has a sprained ankle. Obviously, there's a lot of this that goes back to um, the running game for the Giants being sort of the the main thing that's worked for them offensively thus far. Yes. But let's talk about right now. Daniel Jones has a sprained ankle. Um Tyrod Taylor's in in the concussion protocol. They have Davis Webb from the practice squad. I think Jake Fromm and AJ McCarron uh, came in for workouts. I'm assuming this island is predicated on Daniel Jones's availability.
0: Yes, yes, yes. it almost has to be or Tyrod Taylor. Either one works because sure. you're not yes. running. You're not running the option with Davis Webb. <laughs> Shout out Davis Webb. He follows me on Twitter. I don't know why because I've only said horrible I love things. Davis Webb. I've only said horrible things. Davis Webb things is about like him. a
2: total mensch. And a really smart oh, really? guy, and he could be a coach by now. And is some for some reason on the Giants' practice squad, which I don't really understand, but respect anyway.
0: He's probably he's probably in the locker room going, you know what? I think we should run the triple option. <laughs> I think that he knows ball.
2: He kno- Coach's son uh, was offered a coaching position with Buffalo. He could have stayed there, but he wanted to. You know, lay you some know up, a lot about, about
0: Davis years. Webb. Are you on Davis Webb Island?
2: <laughs> so uh, Davis Webb and I. Um, Share something in common, which is uh, significant others who are attorneys. So w- I've talked to him a few times because I just think it's interesting. I'm a, I, a niche obsession for me is, is backup quarterbacks who definitely could have quit and started doing something else by now and haven't. Like Josh Rosen, I find fascinating. Why is that dude not a you doctor? You can't break his spirit like it's unbelievable. I I just have so much respect for it. So Davis Webb, I I f- I have a lot of respect for because he was like offered a job in coaching and he was like no, I want to be on the Giants practice squad. Um but another thing we share is a deep-seated belief that we could probably do law if called upon that we've like absorbed enough by osmosis. Like I think I am essentially like a practice squad attorney, which is not true. You're like but I you're still like- some Somewhere deep down, I'm like, come on. I figured like out how You're like Michael from
0: Arrested Development, how he always wants to be a lawyer. But uh, this is not... I This isn't a uh, Daniel Jones sucks and run him into the ground because he sucks. This is a celebration of who Daniel Jones is and his strengths as a quarterback, <laughs> which I think people don't realize. Daniel Jones is a superior athlete. He's so... He's fast. He can run. Like, if you yeah. look at the stats, whenever the Giants do quarterback run game stuff, it works for the most part. If he doesn't fumble, that is... It, we, we, don't talk about that part. Don't talk about that part. But it works because he's very fast. And then I think it sets up or it sets him up for what he does best as a quarterback, which is throw the ball downfield. Just And the best way to do that is to get the defense to commit numbers to the box that opens up uh, the deep parts of the field and then let Daniel, Jones, just let Daniel Jones cook. That's how you let Daniel Jones cook. You get the defense to load up the box and then you have him throw deep. I think football, we kind of overcomplicate football, but every play, comes down to like a numbers advantage either the the offense has two guys where the defense only has one or the defense has two guys where the offense only has one and whoever gets that numbers advantage usually wins the play unless there's like a talent difference and I think the best way to do that for the Giants right now when you look at the the roster especially now with all the receiver injuries and then Kenny Galladay obviously hasn't worked out Kadarius Tony it's been tough getting him on the field I mean you're playing David Sills a bunch. You can't run a pro style passing game with David Sills as your top receiver now. You got to do on something. David Sills Island? No, I'm not on David Sills. I'm on the opposite of David Sills Island, whatever that is. Whatever that is, I'm on the opposite of it. So, my my take is that you have to build around the strengths of your roster. That's how you win games. And looking at the roster right now, this is a roster that can only do one thing and that's the run game. Have Saquon out there, have a run threat at quarterback, and it opens up so much more.
2: Okay, so let's talk about how much of a departure from what they're doing this would genuinely be. And again, we're we're talking about the New York Giants offense as quarterbacked by Daniel Jones, who could play this Sunday. They're in London against the Packers. He's day to day, maybe he has a sprained ankle. Not totally sure if this ends up being the Davis Webb New York Giants or the Jake from New York Giants. Like, this is obviously sort of off the table. Um, They probably just have to run Wildcat in that situation. But if it is Daniel Jones continuing sort of what they've tried to be so far this season, they have the league's top rushing offense in yards. They're second in yards per attempt. Daniel Jones last season um, was running... He was getting 5.6 carries per game. That's up to eight. Um, He's averaging 48 yards per game. That's about double what he was doing last year. So he's already running it a lot more. Then, obviously, we've seen the huge difference in Saquon's explosiveness. Um, He looks like the best running back in football. He was a negative EPA per, per play player last year. So that's a huge difference. There's so much more motion in this offense than there was last year. Um, So there are a lot of, like, they're not running the option, but they're sort of flirting with it, right? So, like, how much of a change would they need to make to qualify for also being on? Like, if the New York Giants are going to be on, the Giants should run the option island. What do they need to do?
0: So this is what you do. You watch any Eagles game. Any Eagles game, you write down <laughs> all the plays they called and you call the same exact plays in the same exact <laughs> order and just do the same exact thing.
2: Dave, That's what you put do down the grease board from the sideline. Just like, yeah, he needs to replace the grease board with with any any bit of Eagles tape.
0: Like, I don't even care if it makes sense for the situation. They could be on the one yard line and it's like the fifth play and the Eagles called like a bomb. You, you call it, call it, you call for like do everything that they're doing. And I know you don't have the personnel, so it's not going to be like... It's not going to lead to 4-0 and top-of-the-league results. But it will be better than what we're seeing right now. At so the just put least.
2: all of the Eagles' plays in a hat. Yeah. Pick them at random and then just run those.
0: It would be better than, than what they're doing right now. And I will say this about Brian Dayball. He's a guy that did adjust to Josh Allen early on in his career and did things that he doesn't typically do. Schematically, like if you go back to his time at Alabama... That was like the spread, basically like a air raid style approach to offense, to just to make things easier on Josh Allen and to not have him think as much. I thought was a very smart move, and I think it showed the adaptability and the willingness to do things that Brian Dayball isn't usually comfortable running. So I, I think he has it in him. And then we obviously saw him invest in the quarterback run game with uh, Buffalo, using Josh Allen, who's a different type of athlete than Daniel Jones, but. I think he has a willingness to at least consider basing the offense around this. And I think he's shown in the past a willingness to adapt when things aren't working out like he did in Buffalo.
2: He's also got a couple guys on that offense. Like Matt Breida ran an option offense at Georgia Southern. Darius Slayton ran kind of an option offense at Auburn. Like there's there's guys on this roster that should actually kind of be ready to, to be the on board blind. with the program.
0: The offensive line is like young, raw talent that's good at run blocking, but not necessarily good at pass protection. Like you're, you're playing into the strengths of all your players, except for the receivers. But the receiver is position is like the worst part of your off, uh, offense right now.
2: Well, so, OK, I, I, to the point about the offensive line, because I think that's really interesting. They are like you have these two tackles, especially, right? Like Andrew Thomas has developed into a really, really good tackle. You are hoping that Evan Neal is at the beginning of the, a similar kind of journey. Neal is obviously very far behind where Thomas is, particularly as a pass blocker, but is a little bit more ready as a run blocker. There's two sides to that, right? This year, maybe it's better to just have him do what he's good at doing. On the other hand, do you lose something in coaching? A player like that up in pure pass blocking situations.
0: Yeah, that that's actually a good call that I didn't even consider. I I do think that that matters. You want to get him reps. You want to get him reps that matter, live reps. So I I get that, but I think you're always going to have enough of those. Like it's the NFL. It's there's going to be third down where you yeah, have, to have to pass, throw, throw the ball. Yeah. So I think there's enough. <laughs> of that going on. And if maybe like the goal isn't to win as many games as possible in year one, it's to establish like your identity and get guys on board and get them, get them experience running the system. So like maybe Dayball's not thinking of this pragmatic approach where he's just, he's just trying to win as many games as possible. And He's actually trying to build a foundation, but no one wants, that's boring. Who cares? We want to see wins. We want to see points. I want to see fun. I don't care about your long-term goals, Brian Dayball. That's not what the island is about. The Island is about doing the most fun thing possible. And the most fun thing possible is calling counter bash 14 times. a game with Daniel Jones.
2: All right. That's, that's hard to deny. I think Brian Dable wants to win. I think, I mean, I think I actually think even the front office there, when that regime came in, talked a lot about the need to, to win some games and try to field a competitive team. Now I, I don't think that's really what their priority is. I think especially at the highest levels, if you give them truth serum, it's like this year is the equivalent of, um, is it 2017 or 20, 2018 in Buffalo, Josh Allen's rookie year where they just ate $70 million in dead money. I, I, I think the giants sort of haven't been willing to say it because it's also this make or break year for the quarterbacks. So you can't just be like, no, this one doesn't count, but, I think they, if you gave them all truth serum, they look at this year as we're clearing 32 million bucks in dead cat money, you know, (laughs) spending $11 million for James Bradbury to play cornerback for somebody else in your division. That is like one of the toughest L's any team in football is taking right now. He would help them so much, but it's also hard to blame them because they didn't have enough money to sign the draft class. like this regime had to overcome a lot of mistakes by people who used to be there and they didn't have much of a choice. So when it comes down to it, the future is a higher priority than the present, I think. But when you actually just consider the coaching staff, like I don't, Brian Dable's a maniac. He's like screaming on the sidelines. He wants to win as many games as possible. So I don't think that he would make schematic decisions Purely based on what the future needs will be, even if I think the front office is actually sort of secretly operating like that.
0: It sounds like you're uh, thinking about going to the island with me. Like you're thinking this is a good idea. But
2: <laughs> I, no, am, I, I I did just talk myself out of my own counter argument. Right. I, Although, you know,
0: I feel like we switched spots during that. During that. Uh, yeah, I was like, exchange. Evan Neal
2: needs, needs this many pass blocking no he doesn't come on it's fine um, my main
0: takeaway from this conversation is that we would both make excellent lawyers
2: that is my main takeaway from every conversation Stephen. i'm so glad like that is i actually have been on that island for a very long time um i'm gonna get in trouble for this podcast uh <laughs> it's fine it'll be great
0: um but I do think that's like the the environment you need to get a little wacky schematically is like this is a year where it's it's like year zero for the the rebuild, basically, like the resetting. And this is when right. you try stuff, right? They like you're not worried about like as long as you're not doing Nathaniel Hackett things where it's like very obviously like this is there's incompetence going on and causing problems. No one's gonna notice that if you're running like unsound run schemes and you're 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 running a few too option a few too many option plays. Like the 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 random Giants fan isn't gonna be able to see that and go, this is coaching incompetence. Whereas when you're watching Nathaniel Hackett like call a timeout for no reason, you could see it. So I, I think he has like the leeway to even try this, maybe not go full sail with it, but like try it more often.
2: Well, but also I I don't know what the problem is from a development perspective for really like Neil is the only player that I would bring that up with, right? Because if you look at their receiver group, you're not really worried. Like Kadarius Tony is probably the number one guy in that group where it's like, man, you would really like to see some development there and him turn into a player that he hasn't been so far. Kadarius Tony is, is a good player to do this with. Like, that's not going to be an issue. Daniel Jones is also his average of the target is 6.4 yards. That's a career low so far. It's not like they are, they are finding ways to, you know, have a healthy middle of the field, short intermediate, like Tom Brady esque passing game. Right. And you're like, well, those receivers are getting valuable reps running those plays. Like it's, it's already not happening. So they might actually be able to have a better explosive passing game if they did something like this. So, I don't think that if you go down the roster on offense, the guys who might be minimized as a result of doing this, like they're not really part of your long term plans.
0: No. And I think that speaks to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, where this isn't like a roster that is already built. Like the foundation is in place. I don't, I, I could probably count on one hand how many players that are going to be on this team in three years. Like, even Saquon Barkley, who this year looks like the best player on the team, I mean, are we sure he's going to be a giant this time next year? He doesn't have a contract. He could be traded. I don't know what the value is there, but this, I don't know, I feel like this offense, you just gotta try stuff, and you, like you said, you're not building for the future here. Just try to win some games. Try to be entertaining, and I think this is uh, this is actually the best method of doing it. I know this is like kind of like a bit saying, run Daniel Jones into the ground, but Honestly, I think the Eagles' approach to offense would solve a lot of their issues.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
2: Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Okay, so you mentioned Saquon's future with the team, which I think creates an interesting sliding door because he is in the last year of his rookie deal. So they are either going to have to re-sign him or let him go. And unless like they traded him mid-season or something, which would be interesting, I don't think would happen because he's their only productive offensive player. Um is the worst case scenario here that they do something like this and it's so effective and Saquon looks great in the system and the Giants delude themselves into giving him a huge contract.
0: Oh, I think that's very much on the table. And and if I'm a Giants fan, I'm worried about that so much. And and honestly, that might be the best argument against running this because if you run a quarterback run game, that just makes things easier for the uh, the running back. Like his reads right. are simpler. There's there's one guy in the box who's not even paying attention to him. He's paying attention to the quarterback. So there is like a chance that this backfires in that way. But also at the same time, here's, here's, my, here's my take on Saquon. If in a vacuum, I would try to flip him. Now, I would try to sell high, right? but with the giants like you need to sell tickets you need fans to come to the games you need fans to want to pay attention and if saquon's not on this team what else do they have like what you have to give your fans something this is a business it's not like i know like we like to think uh, of roster building in analytical terms now like view it through that lens like you're trying to maximize efficiency but at the end of the day you have to sell tickets and have to have fans watching the games or it's it's hard to To build anything, you
2: have to win. You have to keep good players around. I I live in New York City. Neither the Jets nor the Giants are good football teams. I think most people are pretty aware of that. The fact that they have won games is still genuinely exciting. It's fun for people. They're walking around with their jerseys. It's like it is a palpable thing that has value. So I, I think they can't do it. I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of what if they somehow did. I mean, look, if they just, if Saquon looked awesome and somehow they convinced some other team to just like vastly overpay, it would be kind of a a baller move. But I just, I don't think that that's realistically on the table. And I, I would trust that given that the new regime's most recent background is in Buffalo, which outside of Josh Allen, um, generally chooses to pretend that the run game does not exist. I don't think that they would pull an Ezekiel Elliott contract situation. Like, I don't no. think that that's happening, but you can never be too too careful. No, um, but
0: I, I will say, like, signing a running back while we we always, like, laugh at it, and like, oh, like, running backs age like milk, it's still not, like, the investment for signing, say, a wide receiver. Like, the Jaguars play Christian Kirkwood 21 million a year. Like yeah. if you give Saquon a new deal he's making probably 8, 9, 10 million a year at most. Like, right. What are you guys doing with that salary cap anyway? You guys aren't good. You're the Giants. You're 3 years away. Just pay Saquon in the meantime.
2: <laughs> well, they have a lot of um I think they have second most cap room. Uh they're projected to have the second most cap space in the league next year. Come on. Got 56 million bucks in cap space. Toss a few dollars Saquon's way. It'll be fine.
0: So I have, this is my strongest, I saved my strongest argument for this.
2: All right, let's hear it.
0: And it's not really even related to Daniel Jones or running, or like the option, but I want to take you back five years. 2017. We're going back in time. Let's take a trip. The Giants are struggling on offense. Ben McAdoo doesn't have answers. Eli Manning's playing terribly. So McAdoo decides, I'm going to bench him for a young Geno Smith who got a raw (laughs) deal who got a raw deal with the Crosstown Jets. I'm going to give him a shot at this. And a young sports writer... Wait, wait, wait.
2: Steph, can we cut his mic?
0: No, no, no. Do not cut my mic. Let me keep going. There was outrage from Giants fans. How could you do this to Eli? You broke his Iron Man streak, whatever that was. Who cares? There was a young writer named Stephen Rees who said, no, this is the right move. Give Gino a chance. He deserves his chance. He, he's better than you think. He He plays against the Raiders, I think it is... Mc, I, I don't remember what happened next but I know that Gino got one start and then Eli took back over and then one thing led to another and they draft Daniel Jones and they're on this path where Dave Gettleman ruined the team Daniel Jones obviously isn't the answer they have nowhere to go they have no real pieces to build around now but if you would have listened to young writer Steven Ruiz in 2017 you might have Gino Smith on your team right now you might have never hired Dave Gettleman you may have never drafted Daniel Jones and all these problems you have would be eliminated so that's my pitch. I've I've pitched a radical idea to Giants fans before, and I'm doing it again, and I'm trying to save your your future. So listen they to have me. Have a second opportunity. Don't make the to, same to mistake. Get it right
2: this time. By the way, producer Steph um, did not take me up on my request to cut Stephen's mic once he brought up Geno Smith and just sent us the message: "Justice for Gino. So you know,
0: he's a Jets fan. He knows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Real ones know. Um, all right. Even though, even though that was such a compelling argument, I do have one more question for you. What is so? Say they say the say the Giants do follow your suggestion here, and they totally commit to this. What is the ceiling for this offense become? This is going to be a two part question, but that's the first part. What is the ceiling for this offense become?
0: I think it becomes what the offense looks like in Atlanta right now, which is. Okay. I don't think Atlanta's going to keep this up cuz I think they're like a top 10 offense right now. Yeah, But I think it's like it's like middle of the pack, like mediocre. Mediocre is a big improvement over what the Giants offense has been for what, like a decade now. So, I'm going to say mediocre just because of the talent. Now, if you put talent around them and you you have like good receivers, I think the ceiling is much higher. Like I would push it to almost top 10 if the offensive line comes together too. But yeah, I'd say mediocre.
2: Well, so they're currently 16th in offensive DVOA. If they climb, I know you're big on like three, three slot jumps and rankings. So if they climb to like 12th, 11th, 12th, say they're like cuspy, cuspy top 10. That's kind of a big deal. Do you think that committing to this could, could lead to something on that order of magnitude?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. Like, I honestly think this is the best way to play football, and you're seeing it around the league. Like, the Falcons' offense is good right now. The The Lions' offense, I know they're not doing option stuff, but they're doing interesting things in the run game that make the defense commit another number to the box. That's, like, the theme of this season so far, is if you can run the ball, everything else becomes easier, and if you can't run the ball, everything else becomes harder. I think adding... An, another element to this run game, like a permanent element where it's not just like a thing they do as a change-up, changes the offense entirely and makes things easier for everyone. And it just, I think it it, it negates the, the talent disparity that they're going to have going up against better teams.
2: So, okay. Let's say that that happens. How much of a drop in where they're drafting next year does that lead to, and do you think that matters?
0: No, I don't think it should matter. I don't think teams should operate trying to like save five draft slots. I don't think it makes that much of a difference because I just don't think teams are that good at drafting anyway. Like, I, I don't know if the difference between the 10th pick and having the 20th pick over the course of time has mattered that much over the history of the NFL draft. The NFL teams are, are not good at like separating the tenth best player from the twentieth best player. We know that, so I, I don't think that should even be a consideration.
2: I'm actually I'm I'm even more with you than on the um, pass blocking snaps thing. I'm I, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It's they're, it, It's exactly what you just said. There's just not enough precision with which any team can get what it wants out of those draft slots for it to matter. They will have to probably figure out what they're doing at quarterback. I don't think winning, you know, two or three extra games this year is going to impact that in any way. But no matter what happens, they didn't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option. So the likelihood is that after a very exciting offensive season of, of running the option, the Giants are going into next year with whatever draft slot they have with quite a bit of cap space looking for a new quarterback. What do you think that looks like? Are we, you know,
0: well, Giants first quarterback
2: Matthew Stafford?
0: Oh, no. First thing I'll bring up is Geno Smith is a free agent next year. They said <laughs> so they have a chance at redemption. Uh, they could write that wrong. But I think one thing that the last five or so years has proven is that running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks who you could build a run game around are undervalued. We Jalen Hurts dropped in the draft even though it was clear that he was going to be a factor in the run game. Lamar Jackson drops to, I think he was the 32nd pick. That should never happen based on what we saw in college. Malik Willis falls to like the third, third day or second, third round, fourth round. I think he should have gone higher. But you can get quarterbacks like this who have this this high floor and this skill set that you could build around from day one. Like Jalen Hurts could play from his rookie year, even though he wasn't a developed pocket passer because he could run the football. I think that that's, that's, it won't be too hard for the Giants to find a guy like that if they do commit to a run, a quarterback run game.
2: So you're talking about through the draft
0: or free agency. Like, I think you could, like, they don't need to find their quarterback next year. I mean, if they do, great. If they do, great. But, like, even a bridge quarterback like Marcus Mariota has shown that he could at least keep an offense afloat. Even though I don't think Mariota's been that good this year, but the the Falcons' offense has worked because he could run. So even a guy like that, I think, is is enough. Or just giving Daniel Jones a, a one-year contract and just yeah. being I like, mean, you want to prove this
2: again? I, I I gotta be honest, I don't totally know what the difference is between doing that and and someone like Mariota. I do think something to consider is that beyond those guys, the quarterbacks who look like they might be Gettable, Although, God, who knows? Kyler Murray on the Giants? Maybe? I
0: mean, that that would be ideal. That would be the that's dream. That's
2: the dream, right? But yeah. a lot of the guys, like, okay, Derek Carr, like, that's not... You don't do all of that. You don't follow Stephen Reeves' advice for the first time after five years just to put Derek Carr in the mix. So, I, 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 One concern is that the potentially available veteran group doesn't include that many guys that would allow you to to do much of a continuation. But maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe the point is to just be exciting and get the vibes going, be a little bit more competent um, Yeah.
0: I'm, I mean, if this is year zero in the rebuild, I don't think they're going to want a veteran anyway. It just wouldn't make sense with their timeline. Like <laughs> bringing Derek Carr in to go... Six and ten instead of four and thirteen doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> Mostly because those numbers don't add up. Six and eleven. I have to get used to the new the new schedule. But yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Don't bring in Derek Carr. I let me make one thing clear. I will never be on Derek Carr Island.
2: Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, am I coming to the Giants? Should run the option island. Yeah, I'm. I'm, yes! I'm there. I wasn't on. Trevor Lawrence, top 10 island, but I'm so glad to join an island with you, Stephen. I, I think it's sort of already clear that the elements of what they're doing offensively already that are working are exactly what would carry over if they committed to this. Obviously, the, the health of the quarterback is sort of the big thing, but very callously, he, is, he doesn't seem to be a part of their long term future. So I, I don't know that that's as much of a question as, say, it is for. The Bills and Josh Allen, although the the physical build of the player impacts that somewhat. But I think if he's, if Daniel Jones is able to play, they should start this week because they're about to play the Packers bottom five in run defense DVOA. You are going to run up against a lot of these so-called good teams that don't have very good run defenses. And the Packers actually should be better than they are, but so far they've stunk. So go for it. This is the first London game. They've been playing there since 2007. It's the first game where both teams have winning records. So I feel a little bit bad that even though this game is theoretically um, a historic accomplishment in terms of the quality of teams that we're sending across the pond, uh, they might still end up with the apparent shell of themselves Packers and the uh, Davis Webb Giants offense. So here's hoping that instead of that, Uh, Daniel Jones is able to go and Brian Dable decides to finally follow the advice of Stephen Ruiz
0: and run the option.
2: This has been the Island on the Ringer NFL show feed. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Stephen. This was a delight. We will be back next week, but for now, Sheil Capatio will be up next on this feed tomorrow, going in depth on NFL news on the Scramble. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode even though he did not cut Steven's mic and to Connor Evans and Arjuna Ramapall for additional production supervision.